Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. You all know by now how much we love our World Service members here. You guys not only support the podcast through the membership, many of you get actively involved with emails and tweets and the like. And some of you take it a step further by giving up your own precious time to make absolutely bonkers audio beds that we can play in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Should you really be doing something else with that time? That's that's for you to figure out. Hi, Murph, I can. Hey, Owen, how's it oh, going? Owen, how are you doing? I would not judge any man who would do such a no. thing, or indeed woman. Sean McDonagh emailed in about Ken's newfound love of Steph Curry, which dominated the World Service last week. Ken was so impressed by the viral clip of Curry's warm-up shooting routine that it earned him a place in Ken's all-time NBA top 10, which he gave a lot of thought to last week and didn't just dredge together when I asked him to 10 seconds before we went on air. So anyway, the email here is Ken's Grief to editor at secondcaptains.com. I couldn't help but notice a strange pattern in Ken's reaction to the Steph Curry video on Tuesday's pod. I've compiled my findings in homemade, homemade audio bed form. I hope you enjoy it, says Sean. Well, we'll leave it to the listeners to decide, Sean. Okay, let me see if... Uh So the Kluber-Ross model, the five stages of grief, talks about five different stages that people go through, and the first one is denial. This is fake. There are other videos from different angles. This is like that bullshit where, like, you know, they had Ronaldinho hit the crossbar four times. That's the first stage. The second stage is anger. You can do this. Yeah, well, I've always hated that. I don't have any Lakers. No, I do, actually. No, I do, actually. And the third one is bargaining. That t-shirt's lovely. I could buy that. Stuff is cheap. Like, you buy it on, on discount, you know? I'm, I'm in the market for bargains here. Four stages depression. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Oh, that one hit the, that one hit the, hit the back of the rim, really. Oh, dear. What happened to you? <laughs> and the final stage is acceptance. Look, you don't need to know anything about basketball. To <laughs> what this man is doing is quite difficult. Ah, here, well, actually, he, he, he looks quite impressed with himself there. Oh, 
He's at the halfway, halfway line. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Excellent inclusion of Katrina Crow in there, our book reviewer for the fight last week. <laughs> yeah, like there was a lot book. of love for Katrina, but it, uh, the ultimate honor is to be included in a nonsensical audio bed. Ken, do you give it the thumbs up? Absolutely, yeah. Nice. Delighted to see such quality work being done <laughs> for no reason such, for our listeners. Such creativity. I mean, the five stages of grief, I mean, they're in a set order for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, mm. And I don't think that uh, Ken's reactions tallied exactly in that order. But nevertheless, I, get, I, I would still be inclined to give it to hearty thumbs up. Murph, you missed the opener in Friday's show. Ken's all-time top 10 included some left-field choices like John Stockton and Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> well, John Stockton's definitely <laughs> an no, NBA Dirk Nowitzki, the, the no-stats all-star. Mm, I, don't, that's, he's not the, I don't think he is the all-stats all-star. But anyway, that was at the expense of the actual all-stars like Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> As Mad Dog might say. Don't even go there! You didn't have Kareem the Dream in, no? Did he, no, he didn't get Kareem in there, no. no. Or Shaq, for that matter. You're like a big man, though. No, I, I left Shaq out because he. I I feel like he's too much of a big man. He's too big. I had John Stockton. Certainly not a big man. I think John, John Stockton a COVID denier now or something. <laughs> we might want to check that out. <laughs> uh, sorry, um, he's no. Sorry, he, uh, COVID denier would be wrong. COVID vaccine skeptic. I mean, maybe I'll. I'm going to put Sport Kareem. Don't think so, Ken. As you know, his on-court behavior is the only thing that you have any interest in. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, has criticized uh, f- uh, fellow basketball Hall of Famer John Stockton's comments about COVID-19 mask mandates and vaccine on Wednesday. Uh, statements like Stockton's make the public look upon athletes as basically dumb jocks for trying to explain away something. This is obviously a pandemic, and the best way to fight pandemics is through vaccination and testing. Abdul-Jabbar said. So I think actually. Um, in a politically motivated decision, Stockton's been cut from the team and replaced by Karim Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> if you want to just, mem- it just goes to show. Yeah. It just goes to show what the likes of Stockton are up against. If you want to become a member of the Second Captain World Service, you can do it at secondcaptains.com for five euro a month plus VAT. Producing your own audio bed is not a prerequisite, a prerequisite, I should say, for membership, but is always encouraged. And the good news is this week we're going to be seeing many of our amazing members in person. Hey, hey, the gang's all here. Join in the fun. Owen, keep doing your thing. Triple B's behind you. And we love you, dog. Don't you wonder sometimes about sound and vision. Hey, McDonald's, everybody! Be here. How the hell are you? My people. My people. Hey, Harrington, thank you so much. Yes, the first batch of Gangs All Here shows are finally, finally happening Wednesday to Friday this week with thanks to O'Hara's Irish Craft Beers. We've got some fantastic guests lined up ahead of England, Ireland in the Six Nations. There's going to be football and GA as well. Mm. We'll podcast some of the best stuff for the rest of our members who can't be there. But cannot we cannot wait, Murph, to see the ones who are going to be there. This has been a long time coming. It has, it has. You described it as so hang on, the what are we talking one about? quarter November, of the- December 2019. Yes, yeah, nearly two and a half years. Yeah. Sorry, what did I describe it you as? You described it as a one quarter of the way through the year shows. But I mean, you know, it's, what, what we're really talking about is it's, it's two and a half years of pent up joy and emotion mm. about to be mm. expended on the yes, Liberty Hall yes, stage. Yes, and yes, I'm yes, very, yes. very excited on. 
Not long after we recorded the podcast last Friday, the awful news came in that Shane Warne had died at the age of 52. Warne is going to be given a state funeral in Australia, such as his status in his home country. And internationally, Murphy was one of those really rare sports people, I think, who was known way beyond his own sport. Yeah, um, I was watching Ricky Ponting giving his reaction to Channel 7 News, actually, and he mentioned, you know, this, you know, Shane Warren was off signing deals with Nike and hanging out with Michael Jordan and all of his, you know, Aussie teammates. Not even jealous, just laughing their heads off at the idea of of how much Shane Warren would enjoy hanging out with Michael Jordan and mm. uh, explaining what exactly a flipper is and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and actually, that that Ponting interview was um, it was so touching um, because. Uh, you know, Ricky Ponting is this tough Tasmanian, you know, uh, certainly not an emotional type of guy. Um, yeah. And so sad to see him tearing up. You know, the first time it actually ha- happened during the interview was his memories of being a teenager with Shane Warne, hanging out with him at Cricket Australia. And I mean, just imagine, you know, Ponting was like three or four years younger than Shane Warne, but Warren kind of took him under his wing. And just the fun that that must have been. Um, but I mean, Malachi Gerkin wrote, wrote a, a lovely piece in the, in the Times about Warren today. And again, basically saying like you don't have to be an expert to see like just how brilliant Shane Warren was at cricket. You don't have to know what a flipper is to know that not many people can throw deliveries like the the ball of the century to to Mike Gatting. Um, we we have the audio of that, I think, on do we? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it lined up here. Yeah, uh, and this is his first ball in Test cricket in England. <laughs> See, I didn't really, know, I didn't, I didn't really know the full backstory until the last few days. That he he came to cricket quite late. He was wasn't even madly into cricket as a kid. He liked it and all that, but he was a big Aussie Rules guy, and got in with St Kilda. Was a young player that I think once played a reserve game. You know, just basically didn't qu- quite make the grade. Says himself. In a nutshell, I just wasn't good enough. You know, mm. so he was, he was obviously good enough to get that far, but not good enough to become an Aussie Rules player. Didn't really know what he was going to do, was thinking about other sports and fell into cricket. And interestingly, because I was watching the Amazon Prime documentary on him, that, that he, yeah, the academy, he got into the Australian academy, right? But he got kicked off a tour they were on for whatever misdemeanor he was up to, was sent back to their base and was training by himself. And then eventually says, can I just go home? Like, there's no point in me being here. It's ridiculous. And that was his experience with the the academy in Australia. Then when he wins, his, starts winning his first caps, they write to him saying, oh, you're the first player who's come through and won a senior international. Can we we hang your baggy green up on the wall or whatever. And he's like, what are you talking about? It was the most miserable experience for me and more so for you. But there you go. So yeah, he ends up getting in through the Gets to the Academy. Only plays a few games at, at, at representative level, I believe, before playing for Australia internationally and struggles a little bit on his first tour or his first series against India. Then starts making a bit of a name for himself, does okay against Sri Lanka, uh, has one very good game against West Indies, but still not a, not a guy people were familiar with around the world until he arrived in England for his first Ashes series and in his very first ball does this to a still bemused Mike Gatting. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. He asked Kenny Palmer on the way out. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod, and that's all it needed. I sort of looked at the umpire, and he looked at me, and he said, yeah, that's out, you're bold. And I just sort of wandered off. It was just surreal. Had I got that ball, and he'd probably gone on to get about 35 
test wickets or something, retired off and went back to the beach, I'd have been really upset. But the fact that he turned out to be probably the best spin, leg spinner of all time uh, in all cricket um, it, it was, was not so bad. It obviously wasn't called the ball of the century straight away, Murph, but I have seen articles, match reports being reprinted over the last few days and everybody in attendance was aware of this being something different and something special. That's Richie Benno in commentary, right? The, yeah, that's him. The great yeah. Richie Benno. You can tell even from his voice how excited he is to see it. And Mike Gatting, the clip from Gatting is from the Amazon documentary. Being a good sport, as he always has been about this, anytime Gatting's asked to talk about it, he knows his role. Yeah. Just tell us how bamboozled you were. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and we can talk about how great Shane yeah. Warne was and he seems happy to do it in fairness yeah and I mean it's it's not a situation where you need to feel any shame it's like literally the ball shouldn't be able to do that uh, you know like that's that's not a, a shot you should be looking to defend on you know like the 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 revolutions on the ball were such that no one no one's capable of defending that you know it's, it's an easy thing to be gracious about uh, and as yeah. Gatting says it's easy to be gracious when the guy goes on to just be, you know, one of the... I mean, if Bradman is the greatest batsman of all time, uh, like, Murray Litherin has more wickets than him, more test wickets than him, but, I, like, you know, Warren... Warren had to share out all those overs, you know, among some of the best... Some of the other best bowlers of all time, and he still managed to get whatever it was, 708. Never uh, did it again. Wickets. Never did the, the the ball of the century, just that specific delivery and the way it, it started on one side went all the way over to the side. He said he, he never actually did that same thing again. Uh, so it was a complete, he called it a fluke actually, you know, which is a bit self-deprecating, but not much of Warren's demeanour is generally self-deprecating in, in public. So I suppose you'll give him that one. But there is another great clip doing the rounds recently of him commentating on his own taking of a wicket in the BBL, it's the Big Bash League, is that what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called. So, okay, so this is one of those ones where the players are mic'd up and they're chatting to commentators and it's it's a, it's a been a worthwhile experiment. I mean, a lot of times it's obviously just kind of nonsense, but then sometimes the, the person who's mic'd up and his skill level and tactical understanding of his own game and the weaknesses of the opponent and just the timing of being mic'd up, it all, it all comes together nicely. Here's Shane Warne telling the commentators what he's about to do and then going and doing it. What about to McCallum, Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweep one after that first one or maybe even go inside out again a bit harder, so I'm going to try and slide one in there. Fast. There's actually a longer version on YouTube where you can watch the preceding deliveries where he's kind of buttering the batter up a little bit and throwing different kind of different kind of uh, balls. Yeah, That's yeah. Brandon McCollum as well. Like, he's one of the best uh, reduced over batsmen ever. Like, the guy just, like, is an absolute machine in 50 over and 20 over cricket. Uh, so, I mean, it's... It, like, I love that clip because, again, as you say, I mean, you can mic up all the players you like, but micing up Shane Warren was a totally different thing because he was just so into it. And he was like he he loved cricket. He loved innovation in in uh, TV in cricket on TV, and you know he he would just get exactly what the TV commentators wanted. Wasn't he some sort of a genius, like a cricketing genius as well? People said that he he was never Australia captain because he was too wild, but that actually his understanding of the game was probably as good as anyone's. Yeah, well, he was absolutely brilliant on Sky Sports as a commentator. Um, brilliant. Now, funnily enough, last Christmas he featured on BT's coverage because they were using Fox Australia's commentary team. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he was surrounded by his old Aussie teammates. Uh, and so it kind of, it it often descended into this kind of weird laddish nonsense. Too ban- bantery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Warren was obviously a complete larrikin. There's no doubt about that. But and I think he was, 
he was kind of at his worst in ways on Aussie TV. They didn't play to his strengths. Whereas with Sky, mm. there's a lot of fun, but it wasn't kind of that kind of dressing room banter type uh, vibe. And he was unbelievably knowledgeable, absolutely brilliant. And I was watching some uh, Nasser Hussain interview over the weekend. And it's very true. You know, anytime there was like a leg spinner on any team, that Warren was commentating on, Warren would make sure to go down and talk to the whichever young player it was, and right. and actually impart like a bit of his knowledge to this, and like no, no, you know, no one's refusing to meet Shane Warren. I mean, it's an, like it's an absolute education, and he was just so giving of whatever knowledge he had, um, and encyclopedic knowledge of being a spinner at test level. And he just, he just, he, that was a part of of the commentary game that he actually loved. The fact that he was actually at the games in Stadia and able to talk to, to young players. Um, but I mean, it, like the one thing I would say about, about Warren, like a lot of, a lot of times we talk about sports people and retiring. And the example we have up here is, you know, not everyone gets to retire like Brian O'Driscoll, you know, mm. um, but Warren really did have that send off. He got a seven hundred. He ended up on seven hundred eight. He got a seven hundredth Test wicket in front of his home crowd at the MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, in front of eighty thousand people or whatever on Boxing Day in an Ashes Test. And like Australia always play a Test on St Stephen's Day on Boxing Day, and you know whenever the Ashes are in Australia, it's like I think it's the third Test is always in Melbourne. It's always on. It starts on Boxing Day. Uh, Australia are coasting to victory in that Ashes series and this was the the Ashes series after the 2005 Ashes series so it's this ageing Australian team they're desperate for one last Ashes victory it looks increasingly likely that that a few of them are going to retire at the end of it Warren obviously was one of them and he goes and takes a 700 test wicket and it's the English captain Andrew Strauss Um, and you know that's just dream stuff you know and they've already announced I think that they're going to be naming one of the main stands in the MCG the SK Warren stand uh, that news came in over the weekend, so it's just it's just desperately sad because he enjoyed himself. It was obvious watching him playing cricket, watching him and listening to him commentate. He enjoyed himself and everything he did. Um, he seemed to have a great time doing it. And fifty two is just way, way, way too young, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's horrendously sad. The, the one thing that I've noticed is the, his scandals. I mean, even just on field you know just involving cricket seemed to have washed off him you know there's he was paid for information about a game by a bookmaker at one point he was banned for a positive test for a diuretic which he says his mum gave him to try to uh, keep his weight down improve his appearance like these are the kind of things that could make you persona non grata within a sport or there you know a lot of other when you're analyzing a lot of other sports people they'd be the first things nearly that are mentioned you know yeah. disgraced cricketer or whatever and but i don't think it's just not the idea of not speaking ill of the dead that means they they aren't front and center it, it they're de- a definite part of his story but i get the sense that people were prepared to i don't know just consign that to his past or whatever it was or part part of his overall story mm. and yet he was still certainly still, still seemed to be loved by almost everybody within the sport yeah uh exactly like that's exactly it and it it was of a piece with with kind of what made him lovable you know the fact that he was just constantly making mistakes uh in his private life but that's it, stuff like you know we're talking about other sports people if we're, t- we're talking about oh he was banned for a year for drugs and he was gave took you know he uh, was paid for information about a game by a bookmaker it'd be like this guy should be written out of the sport and yet it well, didn't like happen Maradona you know I mean yeah. sometimes yeah. 
Yeah. You know, he, the someone who everybody loves, who's That's a good brilliant. comparison. Um, then, you know, he's like the Australian Maradona. Yeah, I've, that's absolutely spot on, you know. And like, you know, the diuretic, you know, everyone knew that he was, he struggled with his weight. He was still struggling with 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 his weight, like even in the, the last couple of months. Um, and he put on weight and lost weight. And, you know, it's like a positive test is a positive test. But it was, it, it, it fell into the remit of the sort of thing you would absolutely expect Shane Warren to make uh, an idiot out of himself doing, you know. Um and yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, like there, there are some athletes, I think, that like kind of half sum up their country's entire approach to the sport that they play and warn an Australian cricket and boorishness and loudness and sledging and brilliance and test match mentality and toughness. Warren kind of had all of that, you know, and... You forgive all of those. You forgive all of the, the 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 foibles and the weaknesses because you can kind of see that it's of a piece with just the the environment that that he represented, the environment he came from, and the person that he was. Okay, big week coming up on the World Service Champions League, England against Ireland, Liberty Hall shows, all that good stuff. So we will see you if you're a member. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks a million. Chat to you soon. Take care. We are here now working on a record called The Gang's All Here. Would you like to give us uh, a preview of this disc? Uh, we'll give them a sound. Come on, let's give them a preview. Yeah. We, we'll do a lot better if we had the music here with us. Right, We're going to do it. We'll, we'll try now. Hey, hey, the gang's all here. Join in the fun. Hey, hey, the gang's all here. We're going to swing as one. How you like that? <laughs> I'll see you guys later. All right, Sam. Yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Cass. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Blue, blue, electric blue. That's the colour of my room where I will live.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.